Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. The Escape Pod on Joy and via podcast at joy.org.au forward slash Escape Pod. This week on Escape Pod, our special guest today is um, a lovely lady, a mother, a star of stage and, cr- and screen, um, a teacher. What else are you, Susan Ann Walker? Tell oh, me who just you are. a really lovely lady. She is. She's gorgeous. I'm an artist. You're an artiste, I'm a aren't you? <laughs> I'm the mother of Pugalears. <laughs> Four children, two human, two two furry. I love it. Yeah, I like yeah. the whole. I like the whole concept of a bathaholic. How did oh, yeah. the, how did this happen? Uh, it was because my family um, had the worst shower ever. When we grew up, like it had the worst water pressure in the universe. Yes. And, you know, you just couldn't, you couldn't ever wash shampoo out of your hair. So we just all became bathaholics. And it's just become a part, I think, all of all our lives. Yeah. And a very relaxing way to, um, to see in the end of the day. Absolutely. And also to stay warm when it gets suddenly cold like it did in good old Melbourne this week. Oh, didn't it just? Yeah, it was I had terrible. three baths on the really cold day. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you know how to look after yourself, don't you, I Susan? I do indeed. <laughs> now, Susan, you yeah. have been, uh, shall we say, can we say a stalwart in musical theatre now for some 20-odd years, right? Nearly 30. How exciting. I know. Oh. I, clearly I started when I was two. You did, yes. you pretty young thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So um, how, what was the, uh, what got you into musical theatre, if I can ask? Oh, I think I just, as soon as my mum used to take me along to, she really realised quite early that I love musicals and we had a link to a very interesting man um, who was the agent for Danny LaRue and Sid Charisse um, yes, yes. and um, he was my godmother's cousin and we used to go along and meet, meet them all and so I just thought that was what you did. You know, you went to Pellegrini's and then you met Sid Charisse and you met Danny <laughs> LaRue and I just really loved it really early and mum was great in taking me to the theatre all the time and, and then I went to a school that was musical and there you go and I just always knew that that's what I wanted to do and so that's what I did eventually. Yeah. And for anyone wanting to get into that industry, you, you, I mean, there are, there are hard yards, obviously. You... Look, it's changed a lot since I was, like yep. when, I, when I was studying, there was no musical theatre courses and now they're a huge business and they're everywhere. Right. And it's not necessarily the way to get into the industry, but our, our generation really had to be very proactive to even start. Yes. Because you just didn't go to a course and it was all put there. You had to like find your teachers and there was a lot of choice involved and you had to be pretty proactive. I'm not saying you, you don't have to be now, but it's in a way it's sort of a little bit more there it is, this is what you're going to do, whereas right. we had to sort of really want to do it. Yep. So a lot of us in my age group, we're still around doing it because I think we've just always looked after ourselves. And yeah, and you're um, I, I understand what you mean by proactive. Yeah. You you know your names out there. You your yeah. resumes are uh, with some great agents, and you yeah. um, when you perform, you perform really well. And well, and I mean, and and really, any success in Australia is just longevity. It, being able to stay in in the industry for as long as I have means you've got to be very versatile. Yeah. And you've got to have lots of irons and lots of fires, but you've also just got to be good at what you do. You know, you've got to get a good reputation because it's not just performers; they're looking at people as well, particularly for touring. Yes, where you on, you know, often with the same people day in day out in somewhere like Asia for six months. You're not just looking for a talent; you're looking for people who are hopefully not too crazy. Well, you don't want them to take their baggage, do you? <laughs> well, everyone's got baggage. It's how they deal with the baggage. When they're what away, what sort of case they put yeah. it in? <laughs> but they put put a nice bow on top of it. You know, we've all got baggage. It's it's how you deal with it. I mean, and you know, of course, you're allowed to have your moments, but it's just you know, you don't want too many manic depressives and too many. 
drama queens, but you're going to get them in theatre, God. That's what theatre's all about, right? Well, we can. We actually almost celebrate it. That's yep. the thing. <laughs> That's the only way to go. We've been the most gay-friendly business forever. <laughs> we don't care who you sleep with. Yep. We don't give a rats as long as you're talented. If you're not talented, we have a major problem. Okay. But then we'll truly, let everybody know. <laughs> yes, it's true. We don't care. We don't care. So, Susan, um, just to give everybody a taste of, um, of what we're going to discover about you today, what, yeah. what shows have you been in over the years that you Working, that have been memorable well, for I you? Well, I work backwards from because <laughs> that made my, my, my memory will be better. Um, so a lot of cabaret lately, but Once was the last bigger show I did. Um, before that, a uh, funny thing happened on the way to the forum where I was yes. Jeffrey Rush's dominatrix girlfriend. Um, you look gorgeous in that, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Xanadu was before that. Ah, yes, um, yeah. Menopause, the musical I did for a long time. Um, and then Sound of Music, um, the Lisa McCune one. And I also did um, The Secret Garden, playing Martha. Ah, lovely. Yeah, lovely. What and was the gr- song you sang in that? Hold On, I and love If that I Had song. a Fine White Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, Grease, I did a couple of times. Grease Arena Spectacular, the big one, the first big one. Uh-huh. Um, Cats. And you travelled with Grease, didn't you? Yeah, well, the Arena Spectacular was one. It was like a big, in all the big venues. So it wasn't yeah. a theatre production, it was a stadium production. So that was amazing. Yes. We only did, we never did eight shows a week, so it was quite different. We sometimes did three or four. When we did, and we just kept going round and round. It was it was a huge, huge fun party, yeah. which eventually we had to stop <laughs> and detox our bodies. Um, it was a lot of fun. Because the eight show a week for long runs, you've got to be very disciplined. But and when fish. you're only doing three yeah. <laughs> and you're playing 16-year-olds and you're nowhere near 16, um, you can just party. And Eat we, your heart out, Rizzo. Oh, sure. we partied. We it was lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. It was great. And uh, yeah, Les Miserables, um, Aspects of Love, Godspell. Mame, funny girl, all sorts of things. Cats, yeah. so, as Cats. I recall, yeah. Mm, for about three years, but in two lots. Which cat were you? Jenny Andy Dots and the Gumby Cat. <laughs> <laughs> in those days, was it was it was it hot on stage having to wear that lycra oh. costume? Well, I had to wear lycra, then a shimmy costume, then the big woolen thing for the Gumby number. Oh my god! I know it was really hot. Now listen, musical theatre. Um, everyone always thinks of um, New York and. And West London, End. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I, I'm interested. I did some research today and, and all of these other cities came up, which was the likes of um, Athens, Edinburgh, Toronto, uh, Buenos Aires, Chicago, and, and Melbourne is in the top ten list. Mm. What What is it that attracts musical theatre to Melbourne? Why are we so popular and why, why do new releases often come here first? Well, we're really lucky in that we've still got really good theatres. Like, we didn't pull down all our medium-sized theatres like Sydney did, really. Right. Um, so we've still got... Like, last night I saw Little Shop of Horrors, which is truly fabulous. It's a good show. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Brent Hill and Nesta Hannaford, who are both mates of mine, are just sensational. So the comedy is a fabulous little theatre, um, and it's a good size theatre. And then they've got the Athenaeum, and you've got the big regent, you've got the Madge, which is fabulous, and the Princess. So we actually have all these... And then we've got... There's a, several other smaller theatres too, and the Arts Centre, of course, yes. with the State Theatre and and the concert hall and and the playhouse, which is a wonderful theatre. And all of these, all and in the a few new MTC ones. They're all yeah. We have um, Sydney just doesn't have the amount of theatres that we do, which is a real shame. They pulled down a lot, um, and we're just really lucky that we have them. So that makes it makes it better. And it's very exciting at the moment to have them all alive. Not the the term we use is dark when they haven't got a show in them. Yes. And and Thursday nights, so there's a thing called Thirsty Thursdays where all the shows that are in town meet up 
at one of the bars and carrying out. And I was in at an MTC opening on Thursday, so I just, you know, crashed the... Wandered on in the... I did, and saw, like, literally 100 100 (laughs) people that I adore and just spent the whole night hugging people. And we are a family, but, you know, we're a family that inevitably gets ripped apart quite regularly. Yeah, because you're all travelling and in shows in different cities. And even if you do the show again, it's not going to be the same because it'll be some new cast. What are your favourite shows on in Melbourne at the moment, then? Well, I haven't seen Matilda yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. We've got tickets for August. I love Little Shop of Horror. Um, I really love it. I'd love. I want to see Heather's Heather's this week. I saw a production of a, a song, a show called Dogfight at Chapel of Chapel on Wednesday, which I really enjoyed. Was good. Confronting, yes, confronting, but really great. There's all sorts of great stuff on at the moment. Like and, you're spoiled for choice. And the Heather's. What what what's the premise on the Heather's? Well, Heather's is based on the movie of of nasty bitchy girls at school. Uh. All, all the popular ones are called Heather, <laughs> and and um, yeah, and Trevor Ashley, who's quite well known to theatre people, um, he's directed it. It's his directorial debut, uh-huh. and it's come from um, Sydney, which the Hayes Theatre, which so has Little Shop of Horrors. So the Hayes Theatre is bringing out, is doing quite a lot of quite sort of interesting stuff at the moment. So the Heather sounds pretty camp. Yeah, it's very camp and very eighties. Big, you know, big hair, big voices, big shoulders. My favourite decade. Pads. My favourite decade. Well, that in the late seventies for me, nineteen seventy nine does it yeah. for me every time. Yep. Well, you know, I just couldn't get enough silhouette hairspray in the eighties, and you yeah. know, I had that flock of seagulls yeah, hairdo happening. And oh, I think I lived with you for a while. <laughs> in fact, I in think a, I took that right into the nineties. <laughs> You were just a bit slow to get rid of it. I was very yeah, slow yeah. to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I did live with you, Susan Ann Walker, and yeah. um, there are many stories that we could tell on and off air, I'm sure. Elwood. We were in Elwood. Yeah, we? we had a beautiful just time Just near Ackland Street. Mick I put Pittsburgh. on about seven kilos in those three months because I just kept going down to the, shop, the cake shops every day. How good are all those um, oh, cake shops down on um, Ackland Street? were amazing, They're still they? all there. Yeah, They're yeah. still all there, yeah. Hustling away. Yeah. Um, where has musical theatre taken you in your travels over the years? Oh, many places. So uh, the first few tours I did, well, first of all, I, when I came out of university, so I did a Bachelor of Education in what was Melbourne State College, which became Melbourne CA, which became Melbourne University Faculty of Education. So it kept being swallowed up. But when I first um, came out of uni, I joined the VSO, Victoria State Opera Schools Company. Ah. So I travelled um, around Melbourne mainly, but also regional. We did quite a lot of you know, little tiny towns. And that was amazing because we'd set up this sort of faux oriental set it was hilarious <laughs> we put on our fake oriental eyes and um do this dragon in the mandarin which was very funny and that we'd be in the middle of nowhere and there'd be no- nobody there and then all these buses would just come from hundreds of kilometers away and they'd all come and they'd to, all see, come your to show. see that all the kids so it was primary school show so that sounds very aussie doesn't it it was great <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, great yeah. so that was the first sort of you know bit of traveling we did but we went to rainbow Parrot, you know shepparton you name it then the year after i went into Cats and I did the Australasian tour. So I did um, Adelaide, Perth, Brisbane, Newcastle and New Zealand, Auckland. And then I did pretty much the same for Les Miserables. Great. And then... I did went to Sydney for a year and did Godspell and Aspects of Love, and then I rejoined Cats and did the first Southeast Asian tour ever. Wow! So we were the first cast to go to Singapore, Hong Kong, and then we went to Korea as well, which was unheard of, totally unheard of. Yep. They'd never seen anything like what 
what the show was. They'd never heard voices like it. They never heard. They never seen legs that could go that high. They were. We were rock stars. Did they love it? We were rock stars. <laughs> so cats. Every time every, they screamed, there was the, the most one of the best stories and one of the best things. It was. I was so moved by it. They put out this call on radio saying that there was an. an it wasn't quite right, but there was an open dress rehearsal and you could just turn up at the theatre. Well, thousands of people turned up and they squashed heaps of people in yes. for this first run of Cats. And as soon as we came out to do Green Eyes, which you come out and sort of scare the... They started screaming and yelling and clapping along and and it was just hilarious. It was like we were mega rock stars. Oh God, it sounds like a Madonna concert. It was. <laughs> and then they tried to clap along, but like there's a show, there's a song called Skimbleshanks in it that's in 13.8 for those who speak music. So it goes da 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 So they're trying to clap along and it's... <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. They, we were we were mega stars in Korea, mega stars. But and, and but that's a great opportunity in your your career that you've you've got to travel to these amazing yeah. destinations. Yeah, I loved Korea. I yep. mean, Korea was we we were there in winter and it was snowing and it was um, there were markets near where we were, we were staying in a Novotel. Mm. Not and there were markets that I used to go and they honestly used to just stop me and and point at my blue eyes. They couldn't. They they had rarely seen blue eyes. Wow. And, you know, I at that point I think I had red hair or blonde hair or something. I think I might have gone red, actually. I was blonde, but I was clearly not at all Asian-looking. I was very Caucasian. And, and they were fascinated. And they didn't speak Korean and I – they didn't speak English and I didn't speak Korean, but we would have all these sort of conversations by, by just um, – you know, just gesticulating at each other, and you know, just and by the sounds of it, full houses every night. You're oh, that amazing, there. amazing, amazing! I really, and I, I really loved Hong Kong too. I really, it was very. We stayed in Wan Chai, which is you know, the ping pong district. <laughs> <laughs> If you've got to stay anywhere. My brother Adrian used to, always, used to send these letters to me saying, I know you're not really doing cats. We know what one show is. That's right. And, uh, and it was fascinating because it was just, it was a really vibrant, dirty city, but wonderful. And this was back when it was, um, it hadn't been, hadn't, hadn't been handed back to the Chinese. So it was, this was 1994, 95. And that was called the ping pong tour, you said. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> And we, yeah, we, we had a great time. And I remember we'd get on a bus and go out to um, Sheko Village, which was like down these beautiful places. Because, you know, Hong Kong is, the Hong Kong Island is so built up and it would be more so now. And you, you could escape down to these beautiful fishing villages where they weren't allowed to build sort of more than one or two stories. And it was just like being in a Greece. It was like being in Greece. It was bizarre. And we're so lucky here in Australia. I mean, our dollar's not that strong at the moment, and, and, and you probably would agree with this. I mean, we're so close to Asia. We are. Um, that, you know, we really you know we really do need to go and explore that oh, part of the world at well, the moment. Well, we did in January, didn't we, Russell? We did. We had a bit of a 50th birthday in Bali that I'm still recovering from <laughs> six too. months later. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. So you're a singing teacher, though, aren't I you? I am. I am. Okay. I am. And so um, a, a, a job you enjoy, I would very imagine. Very much. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love doing theatre, but it's not. it isn't very family-friendly. The morning thing and the eight shows a week thing in the theatre at six, six nights a week. So I'm quite... Uh, selective about what I do show-wise now. Yes. Um, my kids are still, you know, needy, <laughs> 15 and 11. Hi. That's my needy son. 
<laughs> His name's Tommy. <laughs> it's Tommy. Um, yeah, they, I mean, I want to be around them too. So, and, and, it, and it won't be long and they'll be, you know, grown up. So, And hence the, um, the business at home. Yeah, right? yeah, I've always taught though. I actually taught singing um, quite young and, and it's always been for me, I'm a teacher who sings and a singer who teaches. Though to me, they work beautifully together. So I do technique all day long so that when I do go in and, and sing or, or audition and stuff, I, I've been singing all the time. And that's really part of it is just keeping going. Yep. And being a, um, a mother, I know you travelled um, with the kids during Menopause the Musical. How mm. was that? Uh, it was hard work, but great. Tommy was... It was very great. You toast Tommy again. <laughs> uh, Tommy was a baby when I did um, Menopause the Musical. Yes. He, he learnt to walk in the hallways of the Medina on Crown. <laughs> so when I say touring, we did nine months in Sydney. It wasn't like a difficult tour. Yes. Then we did um, five months in Perth and four months in Brisbane. So it was long chunks where we settled into a place. And they were young enough. Like Lily was at kinder. She went in her... Year, the year before school, she went to four different kinders. Wow. Yeah, and that was great. And Tommy was just a, a little boy and, and their father was happy to look after them and it was, you know, it was it was good. It was a interesting. It was a tough show in that we never left the stage and we did a lot of songs and it was high energy, but it was a great show in that the audience loved it. What are your favourite um, family destinations when you when you take your kids away? Well, we go to Phillip Island quite a bit. Here comes Tommy's going to say something. Next or no? London. (laughs) (laughs) So my very generous brother um, paid for myself and the kids to go to London. Is it three years ago? Yeah, it must be nearly three years ago. Yeah, certainly three years ago, and that was fantastic. And he and he surprised Tommy's for his ninth birthday by going, taking us to Euro Disney. So that was pretty fabulous. But just generally, we like going to Phillip Island. Yeah, uh, we have uh, my dear friend Kath has a cabin down there, so we go and stay there. Awesome. We're going to Cairns. We um, my other brother, his partner lives in Cairns, and he lives there part of the time. So we're going up to Cairns in September. We went there last year. So yeah, we get out. We went to took Lily to Thailand when she was a baby. Um, hope to take the kids to Bali next year. We're trying to plan a big family oh, good. family holiday for next year. So, yeah. The we, kids sounds like the kids like going away too. They do. Lily's not keen on going on planes. Yes, we do. <laughs> this is a boy who said he wouldn't, didn't want to talk on microphone. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, we, look, they're getting a great age now. They can easily, you know, it, it's, diff- it's different when they're little. And so all the touring around and touring and froing with all the stuff when we're on tour is the hard part. It's just all the, you know, the stuff you've got to take with you. Now, I went on a trip um, with you once to um, Chiang Mai in Thailand. Yes, yes. And I love that city. It's, Me too. It's absolutely amazing. There's so much character. Um, yeah. The Thai food, the Thai people. And, yeah. you know, we were running around in tuk-tuks. And, I know. It was fantastic. Um, how was that experience for you doing a show oh, in that Chiang was, Mai? Like, that was truly bizarre. Those people who were old enough to remember Chiang Mai, it was uh, about 95, I think. We um, were sold, basically, as a, as a whole production. We went over and rehearsed Greece in Chiang Mai, Thailand by this guy who had heaps of money who tended to, ended, up, ended up being a drug lord or something so nobody came because they all hated him. Um, but but we were bought. So we were there for three months. We rehearsed it. We um, we opened it and they built the theatre specially and we were staying in this resort. And But it was bizarre because the theatre wasn't built, wasn't finished when we got there to rehearse. And so we were watching them f- try and finish it and they had hundreds and hundreds of little Thai men all putting bricks on the fly tower which is where all the sets fly in from and they only just finished it in time for the first preview 
and then a big storm came and, <laughs> and it, the flight tower was ruined and <laughs> and um, and we were evacuated from the theatre. Oh, no. With okay. our microphones on and our wigs on and our costumes and the only time we had a full audience, we, were, we didn't get to do the show. And the rest of the time we had about 10 people in the audience. <laughs> oh, right? it was So it wasn't, it wasn't received well by the time was Look, community? can I just say it wasn't probably... <laughs> There were people who could afford it. The tickets were really expensive, and you know, Thailand has a has a lot of wealthy people, but a lot of also very poor people. And and the, I think the people who probably could afford to come didn't want to come because of the guy who whose money it was. It was hilarious. So we we did not uh, creatively perhaps <laughs> hit our. You know, peak in our careers. However, we had the best time. Like and the I, best time. I would imagine that you all would have picked up um, bartering as a as a new skill, as, as expected oh, in Thailand. I so. always I struggle with bartering. Like I'll do it a little bit, and then I just feel mean because <laughs> you know ultimately you you know you're bartering over two dollars or twenty cents. So yeah, I barter a little bit, but often I don't barter very much. Same with when we just went to Bali. You know, I actually preferred going to the places with fixed prices a lot of the time. Yeah, I just feel a bit sort of mean. I know, and you and you're squabbling over 10 or 20 cents I know, sometimes, and, and I just, yeah, I don't really like it. Now, you mentioned London before. Why do you think um, New York and London have become these mega musical capitals? Well, partly it's theatres. They've got good yep. theatres. Um, it's also tourism has become, they've become hubs and they always have been. That's something Australia does struggle with is we don't have the tourism for the theatre. So our theatres pretty much run on on the population of the city. So right. if you overdo it too much, so at the moment, like a lot of the shows that are on at the moment are only here very shortly, for mm. a very short time. If you have too many big shows on together, they can negate each other. Cause I thought that with Little Shop, it's only on for two or three weeks. It is, is and right? so is Heather's and so is, um, so is Dogfight. But mm. Matilda and Santa Music will be on together. And singing in the rain, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, that for a, a city that really runs, the theatre runs by our population, um, that that can have its moments where not everything succeeds. Right. And singing in the rain is that the production where the first the people in the first five or six rows have yeah. to have plastic yeah, yeah, raincoats on? Yeah, because there's rain at the end of. I haven't said opens tonight. I think it previews the last couple of nights. So. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So one of the favourite musicals that I've seen you in um, was a, a production called Once. Mm. And there was something very, very special about that mm. um, um, musical. I can remember being in New York when it when it um, won all of the Tonys. Mm. And um, I chose to go see, go and see something else instead of Once. And I was absolutely in awe of it when, it, when I, I saw the production that you guys did here. Mm. What was it like being in Once? Oh, I was... It was extraordinary that we we worked with the Tony Award-winning director and musical director, and they were seriously the best creative team I've ever worked with. John Tiffany is just the nicest man, and never gave you a note without giving you something positive first. So he just totally loved what we did, loved our energy, loved our individualism. We were not; it was none of that. Right. So in New York, they stood there. You know, we we were able to create a lot of our own things. We were worked so hard though, because we were the musicians as well as the actors and singers. We had quite a long rehearsal period by Australian standards. It was about five and a half weeks, and but we had to just play and play and play and play and play and just get it into our bodies, because you know we had to play so much and hold the instruments. And they took us into a boot camp because we had to work a lot on our fitness. Mm. A lot of the movement had to be so seamless. And I mean, we had calls when we were talking about, a, you know, half a centimetre difference in a certain movement. That's how 
that's how pedantic the movement people were about right. what they wanted. So we were whipped to within our inch of our lives, but we were all more than happy to be whipped because it was just so brilliant. And not easy abs- for, the, for those who don't know you, you're an accordion player. Well, I'm not. I am now. <laughs> I wasn't, but I am a piano player. So that yeah. they really, you just need to really be a musician. And I, the, the whole idea of being in a band, which is what it was like, to be able to play all together and listen to each other, because mm. there's no conductor. We're in charge of the tempos. Well, someone runs it. Mostly, the guy, the guy role runs the tempos. But each sort of song had someone sort of running it. But we had you have to listen. Yes. And Martin, the, the fantastic musical, the um, MD who was just hilarious. He used to swear at us like nothing on earth, and then call us petal poppets. And he used to say, you know, stop playing like you're in your fucking bedrooms. You know, like this. You know, it, it's all about listening to each other and working as a team. Great. And it was very special. It was also exhausting because we never left the stage. Yeah, it is a production. And you have to sit. And if you're not 100% in the amazing script, suddenly you'd miss an entrance. And, you know, and that's when you do injuries. Yes. It's when you've got to go from straight sitting to getting up straight with an instrument on you. Now, you guys have all got together in musical theatre for a special cause, which is mm. which is Mums Against Refugees. Mums for Refugees. Excuse me, for no, Refugees. Get it right. <laughs> yeah, no, a whole lot of mothers who yep. are real mothers, like as in, got together and, and recorded a version of... Um, of um, Age of Reason, John Farnham's Age of Reason. And it was beautiful. Missy Higgins and all sorts of fabulous, Sylvia Palladino, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful people. And we had just had a great day just hanging out at the studio and, um, yeah, it was great. It was really good and they filmed it and it was it was on the project and stuff. So it's been – it was nice to be able to do something that felt creative and, and important but, but sort of in a nice way, a kind way, And it through was really music, just to highlight music. the fact that, um, you know, there were children They're, in – Absolutely. In, in, and and the we're all mothers and anyone who's a parent any, – and even anyone who isn't a parent of a human child who has fairy children. I mean, you understand the deep love you have yeah. and how, how you couldn't possibly put your children and why people would leave their countries and put themselves at such risk. You know, that's all. That's, and that's why we did it. Room. And it was just through music, which is such a powerful tool. Yep. Um, and it was something we felt very important. And so they easily got together a group of fabulous singers. Yeah, and the song was gorgeous. It was I mean, lovely. It was a beautiful arrangement. Anyone can YouTube that song Nikki now. Jacobs put together a lovely arrangement Absolutely. and she was terrific, yeah. Now, you did have a, a stint of directing a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had a cast that included you. That's right. <laughs> In my younger years, I do a... direct a lot of cabarets. Yeah. I really like doing and and sort of edit and 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 cre- recreate and re- co-write. But I did actually direct a show called A Slice of Saturday Night that I I remember dragging you in to do, <laughs> playing Gary. It was it's a gorgeous show actually. We had a bit a lot of fun. Of, didn't we, we had yeah. a lot of fun. So the, one of the fun, funniest things that I've ever seen on stage was Russell's was wearing a wig because he's you know didn't have quite as much hair as I wanted the character to have. <laughs> and I had a, I had he had a, a wig on. As I my had a costume again. malfunction. He had a costume, and he hadn't put it there. He hadn't put a proper stocking cap on or done anything underneath his wig. So the choreographer, who was fantastic, Jules Sutherland, had done this upside-down chair choreography, and his wig came off and fell off. And it was just heaven, because then it went to darkness and it came back up on a duet between him and his girlfriend, and he'd put the wig on and put it on back the front. I looked like Elizabeth you Taylor like gone a, wrong, didn't I? Elizabeth Taylor after a very big storm. It was just heaven. I nearly wet myself. In fact, I think I may have wet myself that night. <laughs> but I did fantastic. show you how to put on a proper stocking cap after that. What are your favourite uh, musicals out there at the moment, Sue? Oh, what are my favourite musicals? Well, 
There's lots singing and lots singing in the rain. Singing in the that's, rain from Tommy. That's Tommy. Um, a lot of musicals. I like a lot of the revivals too. Like you know, uh, I'm a big fan of. Um, I, you know what? I'm really into the quirky stuff too. So the Little Shop of Horrors is, is really my sort of thing. Um, uh, I but I can appreciate the bigger shows and. And, um, you know, we're going to see Clocks Wicked tomorrow because Tommy didn't get to see the professional one and I know he'll love it. I did not. No, he did not. We're very lucky here in Melbourne with the, with the calibre of musical theatre oh, we've got. extraordinary. So, yep. The non-professional scene here is, I mean, that's where I started because, you know, back, back in my day, there was, there were, with no musical theatre courses, you just sort of got your experience on stage. So I did stuff with, um, not Clock, but festival that used to be around and yes. Whitehorse and uh, Barbera Players and that's where I got lots of on stage experience and you know we you can see some fantastic productions and I teach quite a lot of people who do non-professional as well as professional and I mean I think you know as long as you're singing and performing or enjoying it then it's fantastic you don't have to make a living at it it's quite difficult really no but and, and as you said I mean when the, the productions I've seen you and you're all having so much fun well we're looking like we're having so much oh, fun okay. because well, a lot of it is just work and our job is to make it look easy well you do so yeah but not every night is that easy no. but I'll have to say this there's not many jobs you go into and you always come out feeling better yeah so you know when you're up to your 1200th cats <laughs> you sort of go to the building going but you always you come out feeling better so our job is to make it look like we haven't done it 1200 times and that's that takes a that not everybody is is good at that the repetition thing susan um your travel tips for us please uh put everything you're going to take on the bed and then leave half of it behind I have a pack too. Oh, totally, every single time. If you're not going very far, try to only have hand luggage because then you don't have to wait. Yes. Um, but if you're touring for a long time, always take a few lovely things with you, some lovely, uh, you know, sarongs, some, a lovely candle, lovely teacup so that you feel homey. So I always created a <laughs> home. A I always created a home in my wherever. Because some of them are very beige and I'm not yeah. very beige. So I always created a home very quickly, put up photos, you know, did all that. So oh, that's a good a few idea. Little, particularly if you Going away for a long time. Some lovely, lovelies, lovely things. Um, and what have you got coming up later this year? I, I'm hoping that we'll do another version of Yummy Burlesque Hour that we do with Sel and I, Best Of. And there's a couple of things that I can't talk about at the moment because they're not quite signed, but a few little bits and pieces. I'm on Moon Man on the ABC at the moment. I don't speak, but I'm quite funny with visuals. Um, Lawrence Mooney's one of the comedy showcase ones. So that's on, it'll be on telly in a couple of weeks, but it's actually on iView at the moment. So doing a bit of a telly, which is quite nice. Because I want to do stuff in Melbourne. So, you know, it's all good. Susan, thank you so much My for pleasure. coming and joining us I think us Tommy's today. aching to say to... goodbye. It's all right. There you go. There's Tommy Tiger and Susan Ann Walker. Thank you both for thank joining you, us Russ. on the Escape Pod today. We have had a wonderful time. Listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9.